How do we connect with ourselves and heal the world? The shift from apathy to activism is available to all of us when we reflect on the underlying structures that support injustice and release the courage to change them. In this moment in time, we're experiencing a collective global emergency in the form of a pandemic. An emergency that requires us to shift our ways of life. Although this global shift is an external response to a threat, it is possible to use this moment in time as an opportunity for internal shifts. These internal shifts are the essential building blocks for social change in our communities. I'm Grace Williams. You're listening to the Citizen Power Podcast. Episode 2. Before this global crisis, we were rolling in a neoliberal barrel of growth and continual economic development. For citizens who live in the Western world, we had the privilege of certainty. We knew when the paycheck would come in, when the kids would be at school, and when the holidays were. We really didn't have a choice but to participate in the neoliberal system because for many people, it's work or die, as our work is tied to our survival. Right now, as our healthcare, governance and economic systems are placed under extreme pressure, that external pressure has become personal as it pours into our individual lives and homes while in lockdown. In lockdown, we are safe as we prevent the spread of the virus. But we are also left to deal with a whole range of emotions that arise while in isolation. Before this crisis, our routines shielded us from the extremity of uncomfortable emotions like fear and anxiety about our future. Our routines were the safe cocoon that allowed us to go about our day without pausing to ask whether the world we have now is what we really want it to be. Disruptions in external systems have an effect on our emotional lives and will often bring up unwanted feelings. So what do we do when we feel anger, fear, anxiety, hopelessness and powerlessness? Do we shut down and remain in that negative space? Or do we shift into action to enable positive social transformation? Our emotions are incredibly powerful and what we choose to do with them will determine the course of our individual and collective future. This current disruption in our system will test our capacity to make choices with our emotions that enable positive social transformation. Emotions are powerful because they mobilise us into action. When we feel rage at a particular injustice, some of us choose to stand against it, bearing the risk of being unpopular and for some even the risk of losing their lives, to change it. Others choose to walk by carrying on with their lives. What separates those that stand up to those which carry on? What stops us from raising our voice and taking action? The answer is one word. Apathy. Apathy in modern English is defined as a lack of interest, enthusiasm or concern. But when we look deeply at the etymology of the word, we can derive powerful insights from its ancient meaning. Apathy comes from the ancient Greek word pathos. Pathos means emotion. From pathos come other words like empathy and sympathy, 
Apathy in ancient Greek means without feeling, without suffering, without experience of, without passion, passive, and not liable to change. When we reflect on the different emotions we're currently experiencing in lockdown, it would be abnormal and really strange if we were all apathetic and had a general lack of interest or concern about our world in this moment. That is because in most situations in life, apathy as a response is abnormal. In the article The Apathy Syndrome, How We Are Trained Not to Care About Politics, Anna Zelnina says that several studies suggest apathy is not natural, but results from collective and individual efforts. Nina Elisoff writes that apathy takes work to produce. So even though it appears to be that our collective default response to political and human rights challenges is apathy, apathy is actually not the normal response. It has been manufactured, and a lot of micro and macro steps are taken behind the scenes to maintain it as our default response. So what are these steps, and how do we unconsciously take them in our everyday lives? The first step is disconnection. When we lose the ability to see and make the connections between our private struggles and their political origins, we reduce our capacity to connect with people who have the same struggles and support each other to find positive solutions. Sociologist Charles Mills says that our struggles can be resolved through collective action with people in similar positions as ourselves, but instead people turn to disappointment the disavowal of politics, and eventually scepticism and cynicism fueling this disconnected state and increasing individualization of our collective problem. To produce apathy, we disconnect from each other by cutting the links between our private lives and political struggles, because we feel powerless to bring about change and we want to avoid the unwanted emotions of fear and powerlessness. The second step is retreat. Apathy is a manufactured response. So when we feel powerless in the face of a human rights challenge or political circumstance that is out of our control, we avoid thinking about it and we avoid talking about it. Because it's all too hard and we feel powerless, we retreat, choosing to focus on something else. For some of us, we choose to focus on our families, work and close friends, all of which are wonderful things to focus on and are needed in our lives. But social change always involves stepping beyond our immediate circles. When all of our focus becomes about our immediate circle, we create boundaries between our private lives and political realities, all while developing mistrust and cynicism towards other citizens and political institutions. The third step is inaction. Emotions like fear, powerlessness and despair discourage political action. These emotions are what we all want to avoid experiencing on a daily basis because they demobilize us. They prevent us from taking action. We become so paralyzed by them that even though we have political agency, we fail to exercise it. We become so overwhelmed with information, so uncertain about the nature of the challenges facing our world, that we fail to mobilise, even when faced with direct threats to our living environment. These three steps of disconnection, retreat and inaction support apathy as our default response. 
Anna Zelnina in The Apathy Syndrome says that all societies will have varying combinations of mechanisms that produce and discourage political action, and that overcoming apathy does not necessarily lead to activism. Other mechanisms, such as connections to and identification with a movement and involvement in politicised social networks, are crucial to an individual's decision to act. This is one of the fundamental building blocks of political agency. Civic participation and political engagement is declining. In most Western democracies, we are at risk of damaging the very institutions that were put in place to protect our human rights. Apathy is the most destructive force in our society because it disconnects us, causes us to retreat into our immediate circles and facilitates inaction, preventing positive social change. To begin this shift from apathy to activism, we must answer these two questions. Number one, how have other people shown apathy towards my personal and political struggles? And what has been the impact of their choice on my life? Number two, how have I been apathetic towards the personal and political struggles of others? And what impact does that choice have on others? To shift apathy, we must tap into our individual and collective power to exercise our political agency for the transformation of our communities. Join me next week for some powerful stories about individuals who won in the fight against apathy.